welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Every day to define man's mission yeah. Look into the sky for divine transmission yeah. Deaf man's vision makes the blind man listen yeah. Eyes on the prize, this is blind ambition Thank you Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast I'm your host, Serial Sensei We're on episode number 89 I'm joined once again with my co-host, Antaku What's going on, man? Oh my god, bruh it has been a tough week for the light skin delegation. <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot has happened since the last time we recorded. Um, I don't even know where to start. Um, so I mean, I guess we can start with that. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I don't like Drake. Musically, like, I don't know anything about him as like a person. It always seemed kind of cheesy to me. But uh, I, I, like it's like him and J. Cole when, when it comes to Let's Get Brothers and Hip Hop right now. And uh, woof. Yeah, it's um, it's, get, it's getting real. <laughs> so like so um, I actually I read I read the lyrics to Son of added on to my boss today because you know she isn't a drink fan she's like 30 um but her face when i when i read the the not even like not not even like the part where like he's like obo hunched over like he like ate 80. 80 yeah like it's just just the part where like how you will win a uh, Shiki come in last place? Like, her face went like all yeah. yeah. <laughs> His dad wearing Steve Harvey outfits. A suit. Oh my god. Yeah, it was. Um, I didn't think it was gonna. You know what? I, I can't see it. I don't know. It. Like, I, I listened to Daytona when that came out, um, which is a pretty good album or EP, whatever you want to call it. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I'm a Pusha T fan. I, I like my quality drug dealer rap, and I, I got that from that album. We don't, we don't got a lot of those anymore, man. Everybody's doing the drugs. Right. <laughs> they, they forgot about the art of selling. Right. <laughs> so he, he gave me that, and I was I was pretty pleased with what I got. And then Drake did the Duppy, and I, I thought it was actually pretty good. Like, And it, it made me mad because I was like, why doesn't Drake rap like this? Like all the time, because that's not what the Instagram baddies want. That is true. That is they, true. They, they they want quotables, so, so like you know when they're taking the ash like their ass photos, they can be like, they can be open their feelings in the caption if it didn't seem deep. <laughs> right, but um, I I think Drake thought he had a haymaker with Duffy, and um, yeah, Pusha T uh, he ducked the haymaker. And he came back with an uppercut, a jab, three more jabs. It was, it, yes, the story of Adidon, however you say it. Um, yeah. So, like, 
there has never in like the history of like you know hip hop's very short history where the guy when it comes to music, like being on top of popularity and stuff has probably had as much dirt on them as like Drake does because Drake is I don't want to say faker than like those dudes but like he's Mr. Clean yeah like like, like, like he talk, he, he occasionally raps about like don't make him catch a body, but like no one takes him seriously. Right. But like, like, dude, dude, like I don't even know, like how, how, like, <laughs> like a song like this about Fifty Cent would never work. Mm-mm. A song like this about like Biggie or Tupac or you know Jay Z would never work. Like, oh my god! I think what's hurting him is his silence. Because my my, my first thought when I heard the diss, I was like, "All right, this is pretty net. Like, this is really personal." But I was like, "Well, what if none of this is really true? Like, what if your your source just kind of lied to you, and we find out that none of this is really real?" Well, apparently his source is ASAP Rocky. Yeah, <laughs> and you find out his sources seem pretty legit, and uh, Drake's been awfully quiet over there, and. I don't know about you guys, but to me, silence kind of means like a good, good amount of that must have been true to, to well, some degree. You know, it wouldn't be that bad if Drake never made back to back where he admonished poor Meek Mill for yeah. not dropping a disc like 48 <laughs> hours after he dropped his first one. And I'm not even like convinced that wasn't calculated. Like Mill, uh, like Meek was out on tour or something. And, like, just couldn't get to the studio because he had shows and, like, media to do. And Drake knew that. And it was just like, you know, I'm going to hit him while he's, like, busy. Yeah. And, yeah, this this was, um... Like, he went after his character as a man. I like, thought it was funny. <laughs> I feel like for a lot of people, this is their first time ever seeing a rat beef. Like, people were surprised that it was so disrespectful, but I'm like, this is, this is kind of what's supposed to happen. Like, I didn't think it was going to go to this level, but... Like, has it ever gotten to, like, beef, like, Gucci man talking about how he fucking murdered Young Jeezy's friend. (laughs) Like, that's the only time I can think of where it got more personal. I don't know. Jay Z uh, said he skeeted in Nas's baby seats. That's pretty. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> Whether like, or not that's true, <laughs> who cares? That's my response. Like that's still pretty disrespectful, though. It, it's disrespectful, <laughs> but you know what? This is hip hop. Yeah. Everybody's a groupie. Yeah. Jay Z got more money than he know what to do. He, uh, like, what what do, what do we expect? Like. But, like, this wasn't even like that. This was, go pick up your son. <laughs> Don't be like your dad. Right. Don't, like, don't, like. What um, was funny about this, this is, like, I don't even think, like, sonically it was all that great. But it was just, like, what he was saying was just, like. It was like I'm sitting down with somebody. I'm like, I need to tell you about yourself real quick. Like, he, he delivered the line so simple. He's like, a black man, right? <laughs> and he, the, the the way he said it, he was like, "You are hiding a child 
He said it so like <laughs> you are hiding a child. Enunciation. Right. <laughs> I could imagine him saying that. He's like pointing at his chest like you are hiding a child. <laughs> yeah, Drake, it's not it's um I was thinking earlier <laughs> like do if you're Drake, do you respond to this? No. Yeah. No. I don't think you do. I think you're like you just text Pusha, you won. Right. <laughs> phone call. He's phone call. like, you know what? It's over. You won. Like, leave me alone. Yeah, I'm sorry. Unless you got. Because uh, let's be real. Like your average Drake fan probably didn't even know this happened. Because your average Drake fan doesn't listen to like Drake's entire album. Your average Drake fan listens to like freaking like God's plan. And Hotline Bling, and never gets around to listening to like crap. Was another song like um, was a song off of Views like Nine or something. Well, you guys are in for a, a rude awakening. And yeah, I, I don't think I don't think Drake can respond because you can't out rap him. You're not you're not gonna bar him up. That's just not gonna happen. Well, you so, just can't like out freaking like push it like. What what dirt does Drake have on Pusha T? Yeah, so I'm like, unless you got some sources that have like some super dirt on him, and I mean, and it can't just be like, you have to have something major. Unless like, you got something major, you gotta just you gotta take the L. You gotta you gotta let this one go. Like like I don't know who's writing what over OVO or whatever, but like you know Drake is just like been pacing the floor waiting for somebody to come up with something. <laughs> that should that should have been an emergency team meeting, like. Like, <laughs> dude, he talked about his dying friend. That yeah, that I cringed at that line, but at the same time, I was like, that was so nasty. <laughs> like you don't, you, like you. Of course, you don't want to make fun of the dude. I, I felt bad for him because it's like he, he has nothing to do with this beef at all. Like. And he just became, like, the meanest punchline in the whole thing. I mean, my response to that is Drake brought Kanye into this. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, I, I read something earlier, some headline that said uh, Kanye's trying to dead the beef between them. Um, I mean, Kanye ain't doing that. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I don't know, man. I just know I'm. I, I'm gonna review Push's album, and I'll definitely go into this beef more into detail when I when I get around to that. But um, yeah. If if this beef ends today, and we're assuming Drake doesn't say anything else, um, that's an L, my friend. That that is an L. Um. <laughs> but it's an L he can survive because it's not like this came from like Kanye or Kendrick Lamar. Or something. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the one thing Drake has going for him that. He's such a big star that yeah, this people will probably I ain't gonna say forget about it, but if if his what, what's that album Scorpion that, that's still a terrible album name, but if if Scorpion delivers, I think all of this goes away. Like I don't think anybody Scorpion really sounds like a fucking like Spanish music album. <laughs> oh, if he if he got some hits on that. He'll but, be fine, and and most and he already does. He got the album already platinum. Yeah, and most like most of his fans, I don't think are from because I feel like 
the older hip hop heads or people who've been listening to hip hop for a longer time. I think we get more excited about this record than like the younger generation. I don't think they really care for it too much. So I feel like for them, like it, it doesn't really. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about that. Like I, I, but I think the people who are Drake fans in the younger generation, like they, they don't care for beef. Yeah, because they're, all they're gonna fall back on is Drake sells records, he makes money. What's Pusha doing? Well, no, well, so far it's been Pusha T took it too far. <laughs> right. <laughs> so like they, they, I don't think they really look at it the same way we do. So Drake will be. As long as Drake doesn't respond, I think it'll, he'll make it worse if he tries to fight back. But you like, know he's going to, because he know. because he beat Meek. But he's because, a guy because he's there's gotta nobody around him who's going to say, "Just stop while you're ahead." He's got to know this is a different this is a different beast, though. See, this I don't think he does. I don't think Drake has self awareness. Otherwise, he wouldn't be making half the music he does. I don't know. I, I got to give him more credit than that. I think he's a really smart dude. Now, I don't know if, like, ego would play a role to where you think, like, oh, he really checked me and now I got to fight back. But th- this is one of those instances where you got to pick your battles and this one, you just, you got to let this one go. Like, literally, the only thing you can do is fight Pusha T. Right. <laughs> like, like, right. Literally, <laughs> fight Pusha T. Yeah, if you're not about to pull up, you got to let this one go. You I mean, he, he got, like, 10-plus years on him. He does. I, I, know, I know Pusha T looks like he's like 20-something, but that, that man is 41. That's crazy. He still looks the exact same. <laughs> I don't even think his cornrows grew. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but, yeah. One last thing, though. My hope is, so instead of just like turning into the feud, my hope is Drake, like, Drake just takes it the a complete other way. Just falls falls back on his soft boy image. Yeah, uh, what was the tweet? What was that tweet? Where like he just makes a song about how much it hurt his feelings. Dude <laughs> uh, well, came up with bars and everything. Well, it was like, um, he dug up my uh, my blackface photos that left scars. I guess the T and Pusha T took it too far. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> If anybody can do it, it's Drake. <laughs> I, I mean, that that will get him sympathy. Yeah, man. If, just, if anybody, just cry on track, bro. It'll, it. it'll it'll work. You and he he has the luxury that I think he's like the only artist that can get away with something like that. Like anybody else will get murdered. If Drake does it, it's like oh, it's, you know it's it's Drake. He's he's doing Drake stuff. He makes money. We can't. He, Right. But you know Pusha T's phone is just lighting up with like everybody just being like, I'm so happy you did this. <laughs> nobody likes Drake. Let's be real. Like none yeah. of the DJs, like none of these women seem to like Drake. Mm. Mm. Like Rihanna doesn't want to be friends with him yeah. anymore. <laughs> That's kind of true. Like, like he he dates all these women, but like you can tell, like by the time the relations are over, like they're over him. Yeah. He. No, I don't even. That that'd be a whole other topic. I I remember the first time I heard Hotline Bling, and I like actually listened to it. I was like, "You sound like a. You sound like that guy who texts your girlfriend thirty times in a row when she's not responding, and you don't know when to." <laughs> Like, you don't know when to leave her alone. Dude, like, the, the song on the album where he's, like, arguing about, like, 
oh, she wants to take my car to go to CVS to get tampons, and we keep getting into fights at the Cheesecake Factory. Like, come the f- <laughs> <laughs> The Cheesecake Factory. Oh, man. He's like, this is a place for people who take their families and watch Disney. Oh, man. Yeah, Drake, Drake is a... I mean, he knows what he's doing. He does. Uh, you know what, Aubrey? You'll you'll be fine, Aubrey. Just um. I mean, he has just, a he has a billion dollars already. If baby hasn't stolen all his money, like, right? You'll <laughs> be fine. You'll you'll survive this. But I hope I hope you learned um a valuable lesson. Just go straight R and B from now. On. Yeah, yeah. Just, just forget don't. you ever rest. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, yeah, I'll, I'll dig into that beef uh, when I get around to that album review, which hopefully I'll do uh, sometime soon. Uh, but real quick, <laughs> before we get started, uh, well, we I guess we did get started, but got to get the plugs off. Um, as always, the show can be listened to on SoundCloud, YouTube, Google Play, iTunes. If you're for iTunes, please rate, subscribe, leave a review, send questions to dojotalkpodcast at yahoo.com. And you can hit us up on Facebook at the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page. And you can follow me on Twitter at Serial Sensei. And also, real quick, uh, shout out to the top cities, uh, top five this week. Uh, so coming in at number one, we got Mountain View, California. Coming in, uh, coming in at number two, we got Baltimore, Maryland. Shout out to the home team. Uh, number three, Portland, Oregon. Number four, North Bergen, New Jersey. And number five, Santa Clara, California. And quick shout-outs to number six, uh, Lucknow, India. So, shout-outs to... International. Yeah, we are, we are here. We are oh, here. shout-outs to 070 Shake, who I'm assuming is the North Bergen look. There we go. Spread it to all your friends. <laughs> I don't know who's in Baltimore. Who, who's this? If you're in Baltimore and you're listening to this, you should, you should definitely comment. And, and stuff but shout out to you guys appreciate all the listens um so yeah it, it's been like two three weeks <laughs> since me and you have recorded a lot has um, happened personally yeah. and in the fight game indeed um since then i've turned 29 years old mm-hmm. um congratulations thank you that was actually the reason why i didn't record i'll just be honest with you guys i wanted to enjoy my three-day weekend um so yeah, I turned 29. Um, what what else has happened since then? Um, the Black Thought put out an EP. It's um, great. It is. It's very good. Um, Han Solo movie came out, which I did not watch, and I'm probably not gonna watch. But that's that's the thing now. Um, yeah, there, there's been a lot going on. So, well, I guess before we get into that, because we do have news. And things to go through so um i will run through my news that i have written down and then i'll let you run through yours because i know you got a few that i don't excuse me try not to burp but I, I literally just ate before we started recording but um so quick news and notes nuggets that i probably won't get to dive too deep into because we got a lot to cover today but uh for anybody that cares michael venom page will be making his sophomore boxing debut in england on June 15th, I don't know his opponent. I didn't look into it because I didn't really care too much. But for anybody else out there that cares, you know, that's that's the thing. Um, Yair Rodriguez is back in the UFC. This one we will dive into. Actually, you know what? I'll, I'll save that one. I'll save that one. 
uh, Michael Biz being officially retired, I'll definitely visit revisit this in the shoutouts. But um, he has officially retired. He's not doing a, a farewell fight anymore. Uh, as far as fight announcements, Alan Joban and Danny Roberts at UFC Fight Night 134. Also on that same card, Emil Meek versus Bartosz Fabinski um, at UFC 226. We got Lando Venata and Drake are close. I always say that wrong. Um, at UFC 225, Charles Oliveira and Clay Guida. Um, oh, also on UFC 226, I forgot to mention, Gilbert Burns versus Dan Hooker. And for Ryzen 11, we have a rematch of Reina Kubota and Kana Asakura. Um, and the last uh, note I have is the Nick Diaz uh, alleged domestic, I guess, battery incident thing that I didn't really read into. Um, but yeah, that, that happened. Got a little over two weeks, huh? Right. <laughs> Um, well, I, we'll, we'll get to them eventually, but also what happened those two weeks, um, did, uh, Dojo Talk podcast interviewee, Jose Shorty Torres, got signed and fought in his, uh, in the UFC. Yes, sir. So, spoiler, DTP, uh, interviewees are now one to know, uh, batting a hundred, <laughs> batting a thousand in the UFC, so... <laughs> Definitely batting a thousand with the way that fight ended. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, props. Um, let's see. So, also, big news, 2019, UFC will be exclusively uh, on ESPN, on both ESPN, the TV channel, and ESPN+. Plus. Um, they're going to be doing 42 cards. Well, I can't even say exclusively because I think it came out that they said they were going to do five to six, like, Fight pass cards. So, you know, we're going to have like almost 50 cards next year. But back on the ESPN tip, um, you'll be doing 42 cards on ESPN. Uh, 10 proper ESPN shows, uh, <clears throat> as in like an FS1 fight night, 20 on ESPN Plus, and they're going to have 12 pe- uh, pay per view prelims on ESPN uh, television. Deal is $300 million or. Um, a year over five years, so it's like one point five billion dollars. Right. It's worth noting that Fox, instead of signing the UFC, um, signed on SmackDown for like two hundred million dollars a year, as well as um, professional bowling, which is getting the exact same schedule as the UFC, <laughs> meaning they're getting twenty six shows on FS1 and four on Fox. 26 bowling shows? Yes. <laughs> that's, that's, that's something different. So, uh, if you work out the math on, like, these ESPN Plus and, like, this, this ESPN deal, I think it comes out to something like $7 million a, a card a year. So, um, now nah, might be a good time to unionize. Yeah, because uh, it's gonna be a lot of uh, a lot of bags getting thrown around, and um, yeah, y- y'all might want to get into one of those bags before it's too late. Um, right. Oh, um, just, <clears throat> well, we have a bu- we actually have a few questions, but that will break. Uh, I just want to mention now so people know that we're going to bring them up later. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, we can close out with this. Yeah, we can close out with this. Um, I guess real quick, let's let's dig back into um the uh, Yair versus the Beat. Um, so apparently Sean Shelby um is the peacemaker in all of this. I guess he and Yair had a had a heart to heart or something of the sort. So now Yair, uh, his suspension was rescinded, and he's going against the beat at UFC 228. I'm pretty sure on this podcast, well, we, we've mentioned this matchup before, and I, I'm pretty sure I said that Yair might not want that smoke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's interesting. It, it's, it's, it's hard to say because Yair's been away for a while now, and... Not, you know, I, I would assume he's been training. I, I don't think he's just been sitting around doing nothing. But, you know, I don't know what we're going to get when he comes back. Like, I'm not sure are we going to see more of the same or are we going to get some really vast improvements. Um, Is it weird that, like, Mexico, like, Mexican-born, like, their first two big, like, MMA prospects and neither one of them knows how to fucking box? <laughs> like Brandon Moreno's cousin was an Olympic bronze medalist boxer. If I'm if I'm getting them right, if, that might have actually been Yair. Actually, I think it was Yair. Uh, but um, yeah. So it's nice to know that Sean Shelby has taken over Joe Silva's role as like Dana White's. Said something stupid. We gotta, you know, go fix the situation, right. dude. Um, like they did the same thing to Misha Serkinov. Like at this point, like the UFC can't afford to let anybody go. Like and, and yeah, everybody's interchangeable, but they need all the pieces to make it work. You, you feel me? Right. Because like it's not a thing about. It's not just a thing about. Oh yeah, here's like. Uh, potentially, like Mexico's like big breakout star that they can use to get into the Mexican American market, Mexican market, um, you know, eventually turn into pay per view draw. It's that they run; they're running fifty something shows in twenty nineteen. Like, they need all hands on deck. Yeah, that's a lot of bodies. Right, and like, <laughs> while while Yair is. I think the Yair said he was asking for more money to take the um, Zabit fight. Like, I'm assuming what ended up happening is, like, they brought him back in for, like, a slight increase. Not what he was asking for. Um, yeah, like, I, I, I don't... Full, uh, I, I, I don't think it's a good matchup for him, personally. Um, but, you know, it, it, I... I how dumb was it to say in the middle of a uh, a trial to see if your company's like a monopsony or whatever that word is? Um, is it for Dana White to come out and say, you better take the fucking fight I want you to take. <laughs> but I'm, I'm assuming this comes from a place of frustration in the fact that there are probably a whole bunch of fighters just turning down fights left and right right now. Yeah. And a large part of that is... I'm going to assume frustration on the fighters' part, where they're not getting the matchups they want. This isn't like this isn't like I said this at the time. I'm repeating now. Like this isn't like 2010 or whatever, where like 
the, the UFC fighters are like, we're all in, well, not we're all in this together, but like, this is our sport, we gotta help it grow, we love doing this, um, you know, we've been doing this since before there was money in it, like, the UFC's a small outfit that's just getting started, like, this is after the UFC sold for $4 million and signed a 300, uh, like, first a $100 million deal, now a $300 million TV deal a year, like, these guys know that, like, they might not unionize, but they know there's big money at the end of the at the end of the tunnel if they can fucking find their way to the top. Right. So, like, of course they're going to be more careful with the like match selection, it's, especially if they're not getting that big of a freaking cut in the first place. So I said, like, we mentioned it. I can't remember what podcast it up, but it, I think athletes nowadays is not just MMA; it's in all sports. Like, dudes are looking out for themselves. They're realizing that these. These big corporations, whatever league you may be in, whether you're play basketball, football, whatever it is, they're they're not out here to look out for you. Like, of course not. They're they're big corporations. You, there there's always gonna be somebody next up to replace you. Right. You're you're very you're very unless you're in that top like one percent. And even <laughs> you're then, very disposable. And, yeah, and, and even then, you're not completely safe. It was like you're disposable. They can get you out of here, and they will find someone else to to fill your spot. So you need to make the best of your time while you have it. And if that just so happens to include you, maybe passing on a few fights to get the one that you want, you know. The only one that's safe is Connor. Yeah. And we're we're seeing that with each passing <laughs> outrageous incident. Yeah, yeah. Everybody else is, you know, everybody else is fair game. But I mean, I'm, I'm probably gonna pick to beat the win. But I, I hope, because I, re- I really like both of these guys. Like I, I I'm still a a, a, Yair, a big Yair fan. I would hope that even if he does lose, just I just want to see some improvement. Like show me a new wrinkle that we didn't see, and you know, in, in your last few outings. Right. And I, just give give me something else to look forward to. And I mean, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that he could still win this. Like. For all of his flaws, he's still freakishly athletic. He he can get off one. It only takes one of those crazy Tekken kicks, and you're out of here if if you're not careful. So I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility that he could win this fight. I just think the beat might be in his face a bit too much for him to get anything off. But either way, I, I think it'll be a fun fight. We're probably gonna see a lot of crazy techniques, and no matter who wins, I think we'll be entertained. So. Right, you know, I'm I'm glad he's back. That that's if anything else, I'm I'm glad he's you know they they squared it all, they squared it all out. He's back in, so I think we all win with that. So best of luck, the IR. That's gonna be an awesome fight to look forward to. Um, so I guess with that being said, a couple of cards have passed by <laughs> since we last recorded. Um, we can't go into them all into detail, uh, thoroughly. But we'll just tackle some main... That's in part because we don't remember most of it. That is true. <laughs> but... But... I'll tell you what, though. I remember this... Uh, I remember the UK court from last week way better than I remember the Wild Watch last night. <laughs> so, you want to start with Bellator 200 or the Thompson and Till? Let's start with Bellator 200 because I only saw one fight from that card, but I feel fully prepared to talk about it. All right. So, Bellator 200, this took place way back. I say way back. It wasn't that long ago. But May 25th, 
Um, headlined by Gegard Musasi and uh, Rafael Carvalho. Um, <laughs> I put myself out there on Twitter and said Carvalho would get the upset. That definitely did not happen. Um, Gegard mauled and, and he did he did he did Gegard things. He did what Gegard does, what people expected him to do. Uh, he got Carvalho out of there pretty quick. Uh, once that fight went to the ground, it was um, it was pretty clear the, the direction that that fight was going. So um, yeah, is this, is this a fight you remember? Yes. Um, and all I remember is Gegard being on top of Carvalho, pounding the crap out of him. So. I mean, yeah, that that was pretty much. <laughs> that was pretty much the fight. Right. Um. So, yeah. Yeah, more more interesting detail. Coker said as soon as they get back to the he gets back to the states, he's working on getting a uh, Gekker Musasi versus uh, Roy McDonald made. How do you feel about that? I'm gonna go out on another limb. I think Gegard wins. Not only do I think Gegard wins, I don't think it's close. Yeah, probably not. I think Ge- I think Gegard Malton. And it, it pains me to say that because if, if this were like a couple years ago, I might have been singing a different tune. But Rory to me just looks really worn out. <laughs> like I think these last couple of wars he's been in have taken a toll on him. And I, I don't think he's that same guy that, you know, was getting in the wars with, you know, Robbie Lawler and you know, everybody else that he, he got in a scrap with, so, but either way, though, that that's a big fight for Bellator, at least on paper, they'll be able to draw a lot of interest, um, and I think for a while it lasts, it'll, it'll be entertaining, but I think once Roy catches one punch in that nose, I think it might be over. I think it's worth, uh, I think it's worth noting, uh, while we're here at the main event, um, this card peaked at, like, 806,000 people. Yeah, I did see that, I did. Not sure how like good or bad that is. Mostly because I'm not sure if that's like with the plus. Yeah, that is with the plus three, so it wasn't even that high. Um. So. But we'll see. I'm I'm pretty sure they'll get that fight done. That's a big fight for them. Um, so I mean, props to Gegard though. Dude left the UFC. Still one of the elite middleweights in the world and. Further proving it. So, shout out to Gegard. He, he's got some gold around his waist. And I'm not sure if, if, if Roy doesn't do it, I don't know who else in Bellator is about to take that strap from him. Um, unless he and Slomenko run it back. They had a pretty good fight the first out. I think Slomenko definitely gave him some problems. But, you know, I don't know. Musashi's probably going to hold that belt for a while. Okay. Um, I won't go into too much detail about the rest of these fights. But uh, Michael Venom Page made David Rickles quit. <laughs> uh, 43 seconds into round two, uh, he basically styled on him, punched him in his eye. His eye like exploded, and Rickles waved the fight off himself. So that happened. And my only other comment on that fight is, if if for anything, resign Paul Daly for one fight. We we have to get the MVP Paul Daly. He has like three fights left on his contract. Who Daly? Yeah. I don't know why I thought the Fitch was his last one for some reason. Because because Daly was trying to make it his last one. No. <laughs> well, either way, like that fight has to happen now. Like I don't care that Daly's coming off a loss. This is a fight that people have been wanting to see for a long time. Let's let's just do this. 
wipe our hands and we can be done. You know, let's 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 just get it over with. But nonetheless, shout out to MVP. Another another MVP ish performance. Um, yeah, they gave him a lightweight who moved up. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> uh, Aaron Chalmers choked out uh, Ash Griffiths. Uh, Mike Shipman uh, put the pause on Carl Noon in 10 seconds, got him out of here. Uh, Kate Jackson spoiled the Anastasia Yankova hype train, uh, got a decision on her. And Phil Davis won by head kick of all things Phil Davis can win by. Um Head kick Linton for sale into another planet in round three. And what was one of Phil Davis's probably more entertaining fights that I've seen in his last, like, five. <laughs> so, shout outs to Phil Davis getting getting head kicked. Uh-huh. Davis is, like, entertaining to watch fight lower-ranked fighters. He's like King Mo. It's just that, like, when he fights guys like King Mo or Ryan Bader... Yeah. It, it, it yeah, it's not it's, it ain't so pretty. Yeah. <laughs> but they had a they had a nice back and forth. So I mean props to Facel too. I, I like Facel as a fighter. I I feel like he he has a nice skill set, but it's just never all quite put together somehow. But either way, props to Phil Davis. Um pretty nice KO. I I used to make fun of his head kicks a lot. They're they're really weird to watch. No, nah, come on. But, um, I guess we'll move on to Wonder Boy until, um, like you said, that ninety-eight percent of this card I do not remember, but we can just stick with the main event and I guess the co-main. Oh, and, uh, if anything else comes back to me, I'll remember. Um, there until Stephen Thompson. Um, well, where where do I start? Um, uh, <laughs> I, I guess as far as the decision, I thought Wonder Boy won the fight. Um, I don't know what judge scored at forty nine, forty six. I thought that was kind of wild. I'm not sure what fight they were watching, but this is one of those fights where, like, even though I thought Wonder Boy won, when they announced that he lost, Wonder Boy sometimes doesn't do himself any favors. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, 99% so like I, of the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I was at work earlier. Or it was, I was at today or yesterday. And I was re-listening in one of our old podcasts, and it was one of the podcasts where, like, this fight that got announced. And your first quote was that, um, I could easily see this fight being five rounds of them just staring at each other. And... That's <laughs> kind of what we got. Like, definitely, uh, the, the the entire fight was a feeling out process. <laughs> and, you know, and then we had, like, that one explosion... I can't remember if it was the fourth or the fifth where Till dropped uh, Wonder Boy, um, but like he didn't put him away or anything. To to me, now I didn't look up the stats. I didn't even rewatch any of this card after it happened. To me, I thought Wonder Boy won just kind of based off volume. To me, he seemed like he was the much busier fighter. 
The only thing Till I thought had an advantage over was that he, he pushed pace, I guess. But, um, I don't know. The fight wasn't really much to write home about. But uh, to me, the, the story of this fight wasn't really the fight itself. It was kind of everything surrounding it. Um, I posed this question on Twitter the other day. Um, is there really a punishment for missing weight? I mean, I get it. They take, what, 20 or 30% of your purse? Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, that, that, that definitely adds up. And especially in, you know, it's not like these fighters are millionaires. You know, it's, it's not like the NBA or NFL or anything. You know, dudes aren't out here. You know, not, not everybody's getting, like, a six-figure or seven-figure salary. So 30% definitely adds up. But it's like, all right, you, you lose 30%. But the next day, you're still the number two ranked welterweight in the world, which is probably going to set you up for a pretty big fight, which would probably be a pretty good money fight. So it's like, is there really a punishment? Like, are you really... Like, I, I get the money thing, but are, are you really losing out on much? Because it seems like you still kind of get rewarded for it. Just not money-wise. But you're still moving up the ladder. Yeah. I mean, it's a fair question. I don't got an answer. Like, I mean, the answer is no. But there's no, there's, there, there's no punishment really. Um, like, kind of, like, Darren Till's a big ass dude. Like, he easily could be fighting at like uh, 185. Like, he, I don't think he's any smaller than Darren Till. I'm not Darren Till. Um, fucking Tom Breeze. Nice. Um. Uh. I, I, like I, I don't like other than cancel the fight and just make everybody upset. I don't know what you do. Like, do you do like what they do in Japan and you, like if you win, like you just don't get the win on your record? But we all know you won. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, Somebody, well, I guess a few people proposed this. Like, you you can keep the fight and you can win, but like you're not allowed to move in the ranking. Like, you need to stay exactly where you're at. You can't go up. Well, obviously, you can't go down because you won the fight, so that would make sense. But they, you just need to freeze in the rankings. And that, I would agree with that. But then at the same time, it's like, do rankings even matter? They don't. <laughs> so it's, We've had this conversation before about the people who do the rankings. Yeah. Because... Yeah, Way, way back when they wanted to do the Reebok deal and have the people, like the journalists, do the rankings, none of the serious journalists would do it. Like, dude, look at the, like, I'm looking at the, like, the list of people who are on the voting panel has shrunken by a lot. Like, and none of these dudes are at, like, the big, like, um, MMA sites. Like, MMA Weekly's on here, Wrestling Observer's on here. MMA Oddsbreakers on here. A couple of dudes from like Fight Network are on here. But like one is Bursprack, uh Sweden. <laughs> one is a dude with a radio show. Steve Jeffrey. Vlad Usport. Kahan Honolulu. Like the only name on here I recognize is Andreas Hall. Hale. Oh, and Ken Pich- uh, Pichna. Um... Like, there's nobody from, like, MMA fighting, nobody from ESPN, nobody from Bloody Elbow, like, no, nobody from, uh, MMA Junkie, like, 
they're they're all just dudes. And again, like way way back when they they wanted to do the Reebok deal, like their initial idea was, hey, let's have all these do let's do it by the rankings. Like if you get if you're in this range, you get like an extra five thousand dollars. But then it came like the big pushback was, oh well, then my guy will just get you know. Then they'll start bribing journalists so that their guy can get like a bigger cut. Like, it's just a mess. It's, yeah, it's. Yeah. Like, rank, rankings. I mean, Diamond Cruz has fallen like two years and he's still ranked. <laughs> I was going to say, like, rankings could work if. if they were just, like, actually taken seriously. Dude. Because I've seen people say, like, they don't think this, like, the sport can handle it. I don't think that's entirely true. I just think you just need competent people who, like, actually put some kind of thought (laughs) into, like, how these rankings work. And there needs to be some kind of punishment for people who are, like, you don't make weight. Or, like, or anybody who, like, if you're just inactive for this insane period of time that you maybe you should bounce that bounce down a spot or something like the like boxing the medium boxing like there there is an, an there there like there's a journalistic institution like structure where they they come together and they do the rankings for like each division and it's called like the transnational boxing rankings and it's completely independent from any um body it's completely independent of any uh Promotion, uh, athletic commission, all that good stuff. It's just like, who do we think are the? Like, let's get a bunch of journalists who follow the sport and put out stuff regularly, and let's get them together and like rank the dudes outside of like the purview of any but anybody else's um oversight. And it, it's pretty, it's pretty good. Like, set them. Uh, it, obviously, no matter what you do, there's always going to be, you know, oversights. Um, debate, like controversy and stuff like that, because this is all subjective. But like, they're, they're, they're for the most part they are respectable. Um, I I don't know if MMA has if there, there's a way to do that in MMA. There's no way to do it that the UFC would implement it and like care because they they have. But you you'd think they would because like I, I, like Stephen Tom like Wonder Boy's biggest gripe in turning down like every fight that he got um, when he came to like uh, Darren Till and Kamaru Usman was like they're so below me in the rankings like why why would I want to fight them like if we had an independent tribunal of journalists who actually follow the damn sport as opposed to just you know voting for the dude who comes from their country. Yeah, you know, they we might actually have like a decent ranking system, but that's not what we have. Yeah, we got. I don't know what it is. We have we have shenanigans. That's <laughs> that's what it is. But and that's kind of crazy because even Till himself said like he doesn't believe he deserves a title shot. But he, I don't know. I don't know how it's all really gonna gonna play out. But, I'm um, look at this one dude's rankings. Uh, what's his name? Romain Kadat from uh, Vladu Sport, Vladu Sport, whatever. 
and like it's not bad from what I'm, I'm I'm just glossing over it but like I'm gonna get the middleweight rankings and he doesn't have anybody ranked at number eight is this the point <laughs> spot <laughs> he, he couldn't think of a tough dad yeah he's like fuck it nobody gets the spot <laughs> Tavares you're good enough for nine but you're not good enough for eight so <laughs> oh man but yeah, that I don't really have much else to add to that fight, but I mean, I guess whatever. Props to Till. He he got the win, you know, regardless of whether or not I thought he won or not. I mean, that just, like, I, I could look at the fight differently if I rewatch it, but I've just gone back to rewatch why it. Would so. you? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I was not motivated to go back and watch this yeah, fight. You gotta love yourself, Sensei. Like, don't put yourself through that. Like, um, my only takeaway from the fight is, like, what happened to Wonder Boy where he, like, he is just. Uh, he was starching people, like, man. Not even that. It's just like. In a division where we ask guys to just show us more, and, like, that's been the main gripe since um, Robbie Lawler lost the title. Tyrell Woodley. Like, he's this dude who can hit with the power of, like, a, like a 16 wheeler. But. We we get these like, bad performances or, or boring fights with like Wonder Boy and Maya, um, Kamaru Usman talking about he only used thirty percent of his skill set to fight Emil Meek. Um, guys like Jorge Masvidal, whose whole career has been if this dude's so talented, why isn't he just doing more? Um, like Covington gets. Covington gets that a little bit. Like, why isn't he doing more? Um, you know, uh, Danyan Kim, another dude who uh, of his career has just been like, he's really dull to watch. Like, somehow in a division with all those characters, Wonder Boy just swoops in and just like, he it is the dude who's just performing way below what we know he's capable of. This dude has the deepest striking arsenal in, like, maybe in MMA at this point. And his whole game is just, I'm going to just slightly outstrike my opponent. Like, I'm talking, like, single digits. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. uh, I was listening to um, the Heavy Hands podcast, and they theorized that Wonder Boy might be so averse to like extended exchanges and like getting caught on the chin because like he just took a bad punch in like training and just like realized he couldn't take that punch anymore. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense, especially for a guy who's been like doing this since he was a kid. But like, I I don't get why he's so reluctant to pull the trigger. Yeah, because like not, most of those dudes. I mean, I get it with Till. Till, Till, Till can, you know, he's a big boy. Well, like, even but, in this fight, like, Till wasn't, throw, like, countering. Yeah. Everything Till, anytime Till landed, it was because he was leaving. Like, when he would, like, actually, like, stop, uh, or when, um, when Wonder Boy would throw, like, dude would just stop. He, or, like, there was times where he would just, like, go back in a straight line and try to duck his head. Like, his defense was being tall and long. I, I don't know. I don't. 
I, I was hoping this would be one of those fights that would bring something else out of him, but I, I guess it's just, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe there, that could be right. Like there, there might just be some kind of mental block there, because we we've seen him, we've seen him start, dudes. We know he can still do it, but yeah, for, for some reason the, the trigger's not not getting pulled, and in fights like this where neither of you is really doing a whole ton. You know, this is how you can unfortunately end up on the wrong side of a decision. Yeah. But you know, it it it, it is what it is. Um, so that, that's that's that fight. Um, the only other mentions on this card: uh, Craig White stepped in on short notice uh, to try to take on Neil Magny. He got kneed and beat up. Got sent on out of here. <laughs> and Neil Magny went on to call out uh, Usman. I'm actually not mad at that fight. Uh, Shouts to Magny, who's donating like fifteen thousand dollars of his purse to help a little girl in um, Colorado who has like a rare was it like it was a brain or it was a muscle disorder. I can't remember, but yeah, I did see that. So yeah, man. Shouts to Magny out here, you know, doing 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 good things. Um, and I, I hope they do the Usman fight. I, I like that. I like that. Fight. I mean, yeah, like yeah, that, that's a good one. And like. Speaking of rankings, that's one of the fights, like, ranking-wise, I think does make some, some kind of sense. I don't have the rankings in front of me, but I'm pretty sure they're only, like, two or three spots away from each other. So, um, I, I hope they I hope they do that fight. It seems like they're both willing to, so I don't see why any reason not to make that happen. Um, other mentions of notice on this card real quick. Uh, Arnold Allen uh, had a comeback against Mads Brunel uh, with, with the front choke. Um, I wish I would have went and rewatched this fight, but I didn't. Uh, Mac Wanamirkani and Jason Knight fought to a split decision. Um, I guess the one takeaway I can at least have from that fight was I was glad that Jason Knight, you know, just looked a lot better <laughs> than what we've seen in his last couple outings. Because um, his last couple fights, I don't know, he just looked a bit off, like something just wasn't really there. Um, he had, had a much better showing. Unfortunately, the fight didn't go his way, but, you know, it, it was a pretty entertaining fight. It really hurt that Dan Kelly lost. I was hurt that Dan Kelly got, got sent out of here. And, um, apparently, he said he might retire, I thought I heard. Oh, uh, I, figured, I figured Dan Kelly would just keep fighting until he was, like, 70. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, Dan Kelly, don't, don't retire. If you've got one more in you, come back for one more, man. We need, we need one more. Just give him the oldest dude in the division that's not him. Right. <laughs> well, no, that might be Yoel Romero. <laughs> the oldest guy not in the top 15. Let's let y'all screw up. But, uh, yeah, Tom, Tom Breeze got Kelly out of here. But, uh, you know, I, I hope Dan Kelly comes back for at least one more. And, uh, oh, shout out to Carlo um, uh, Petrosali, uh beating Brad Scott, uh, split decision. Uh, Petrosali came over from... Oh God! What is that promotion? Jesus Christ! I just watched that fight the other day. He fought um. Cage Warriors. I might. I think it was Cage Warriors. He he fought Nicholas Dalby, and they had a really good fight over there. And he he stepped up for this. But uh, either way, shout outs to him. That was a pretty dope fight. Um, I'm not really gonna go through the rest of that card because we still got a whole other card to cover. I will say uh, but, um, just really quick. I'm really happy to see Tom Breeze back. Like the dude is really good. And now he's up at 185, and he's not dealing with, like, the energy cut and everything. Like, I, I'm really excited to see him fight. Yeah, he definitely... 
I mean, that, that fight lasted all of on a couple minutes, <laughs> like, like three minutes. Three and a half minutes. Yeah, he, he was a man on a mission. So he, he's, he's def, definitely back with his vengeance. So that was uh, the Till versus Wonderboy card. Um, Cover Bellator 200. So I guess we will just, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, we will move on to uh, the happenings from Friday. So, so right off the bat, it's one of the worst I think I've seen in a long time. Like, You know what's weird? Everybody's saying that, but like when I watched it, I didn't feel that way. Not that I thought it was like great, but to me it was just like, it was like another card, Dude. but like I didn't. Okay, I was, maybe it's because I didn't watch all of it in real time. Like I, yeah, I watched the prelims the first day, and then I. But well, the prelims were the awful part. part. And, and and then the the first fight, we'll, we'll I guess we'll get to that. But like, no, like every like the terrible string of like just dull decisions. <laughs> yeah, all the prelims went to decisions. Freaking the the main event, which just broke my heart. Uh, I I can't say it broke my heart. Well, you know what? We'll we'll, we'll talk the, about it. <laughs> the bad heavyweight fight. Yeah. All right. So I, I'll say this. Looking at this card now, like I, I remember most of these, but there are going to be some of these fights where I'm not going to be able to dig too much of detail into because there wasn't like a ton of substance going on with some of these. Yeah. But um, we'll just start from the top. UFC Fight Night, um, what, 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 uh, 131, headlined by Marlon Marais and Jimmy Rivera. Uh, we'll just run this from the top. I was really hyped for this main event. Um, I say this every Marlon Marais fight. Like I've been just waiting for him to come to the UFC for so long. He got off to a bit of a, a rough start. Got a real KO win over Aljamain Sterling. Gets another big fight with Rivera. I'll, <laughs> I'll stick to my guns, and I'm going to say that Marais is only going to be a future champ. Uh, I believe so wholeheartedly. But I got I did not think this fight was going to end this fast. Like, I envisioned them having some back and forth going on, like maybe at least for a round or two, and then one of them would catch each other. But it did not. <laughs> it was not a lot of back and forth, like at all. Like they had a quick feeling out process, quick out a couple of shots. I think Marais threw like a, a leg kick, and then the switch kick comes. <laughs> he catches Rivera right on like the side of the head. Dude eats some ground and pound, and that's that's it. Thirty three second slaughter. Um, Marais is really good, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel really validated now in believing that when he came over from World Series of Fighting, like, my thoughts weren't crazy. Like, this dude, it was just hard to say in World Series of Fighting because, like, you, you want to go by the eye test. Like, there are just certain things you see and you can just tell a guy is special, but then you, you have a little bit of doubt because it's like, your competition's good, but I know you're not fighting the best of the best. Well, now he's fighting the best of the best, and... You know, minus the the Sunsau fight, which was still a really close fight. Like he's proving he belongs here, and to get Rivera hasn't lost, and how, has he ever he lost, lost? He lost his second pro fight. 
It's just that he's won like 20 in a row. Right. So, Rivera just been on a tear. And Marais ended that tear in 33 seconds. Right. Like, <laughs> dude, dude Marais is, is, is an animal, man. This this guy is... Dude, dude is crazy down. Um... Like again, I'm, I'm, you keep saying, I'm heartbroken Jimmy lost. Like I've been watching Jimmy Rivera fight since, um, God. He fought Willie Gates back in, like, a Bellator prelim. And I can't remember what year it is. I was going to say it was, like, 2012. So, like, I, I, like I've been watching him fight for, like, a minute. Um, so, like, to see him finally get here and then, like, lose, like, that hurts my heart so much. Um, but, like, if Mar- like my thought process was if Marlon Morris was going to win this fight, it's going to look exactly the way it did. <laughs> just because Jimmy's so freaking short. And Morris is just so fast with that damn switch kick. Um, yeah, no, like. Fantastic performance from uh, Marais. Like I, I don't know how he's not the number one contender, uh, for the winner of um friggin' the Dillashaw and uh, Cody. Sorry, my dog's being weird, and I'm just following her with my eyes. Um, yeah, no, like, um, I, I, like I said, I don't know how he's not the the number one contender. I guess you could argue a Sun Sal, but I think did he lose to TJ after that fight, or was that before the fight? Oh, Sun Sal and TJ. Yeah, the rematch. Uh, I want to say before. I think before. I, I don't think no, because that was a, um, was it two hundred? The bad part about ending your fight though, like thirty three seconds. Um, is that uh, your rate? Your rating is probably going to be really bad. <laughs> just, just being real. Thirty-three seconds is not a lot of time to build an audience. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, okay, so he no he uh, he beat Marish after losing to CJ. So technically speaking, it should be a Sun Tzu, Okay. But let's be real; they're never giving a Sun Tzu, a Tzu fight. They might never give him yeah. another fight. I know he's scheduled to fight like Rob Font, but like if that fight gets canceled, that's great. That's crazy. Like, there's no diss to Rob Font. He, he's you know been doing pretty good as of late, but like that rankings wise, that's that's a crazy matchup. Like, there's nobody else I could have gave a sunset. Like we, we dug for Rob Font. I mean, let's be real. Do you think any of these other top five guys want to have a boring fight with Rafael Sunset? <laughs> I think I think a Sun Sal is on that he, he's on that block where like if they're they're praying Rob Font somehow pulls this off and then they're gonna stash a Sun Sal away for a long time we're not gonna hear from him right. again. Man, but uh, I wouldn't be mad at Sun Sal Lineker. I'm not yeah I'm not mad at that. But be some good violence. Yeah, potentially potentially good violence, but. Marais has to give, yeah. If, if not a title shot, you, you gotta fight a name like a Cruz or. Don, I'm, I am like ninety percent sure Dominic Cruz is never gonna fight again. 
Just, I forgot, what did he injure this time? Uh, he broke his arm last year, right? Yeah, some, yeah, cause it, yeah, I remember it didn't have anything to do with like his knees or his, his leg, but yeah, dude just it was just falling apart. It, it, like yeah. it is what it is. He, he's been, he fought for like ten years. It happens. But yeah, uh, yeah, no, like he, the last time he was scheduled to fight was two nineteen in December. He broke his arm. No, like it, it just it doesn't say like. It doesn't say why he's not fighting right now. My only guess is like recovery has not been smooth. Well, while he while he's on recovery, dude, dudes like uh, dudes like Marias are out here just, you know, <laughs> they they they're, they're making that climb up the ladder pretty pretty quickly. Yep. So yeah, I'd imagine he he's got to be one. At most, one fight away from a title shot if he's not already there. But that was a great win, a really quick win. Always good when you can, you know, end the fight and you don't take any damage. Um, I'm pretty sure Rivera will be back up there, though. You know, that's, that's you know, of course, a tough loss. Uh, I saw people saying uh, <laughs> they should <laughs> pair up Rivera and, and uh, Al Jermaine since they were both victims of... Uh, Oh, they hate each Rice other. Head. Yeah, that too, that, and that always works. <laughs> so, Some, I'm, I'm not, I'm not mad at yeah, that. I'm sure, I'm sure uh, they would love to, to have a swing yeah. on one another. They should definitely do that, and, and hopefully, if Aljamain can keep up what he's been doing, the way he's been fighting lately, uh, you know, it, it could definitely make for an entertaining scrap. So, I, I wouldn't mind them doing that. But Marlon Rice is here, man. Like, he, he's, he's definitely here. He's legit. It's been awesome. Yeah. You you can't question it anymore, dude. Is he, he's definitely legit. Um, but yeah, not much else to dissect in that main event because it was all of thirty three seconds. <laughs> um, next fight, co-main event. Uh, also, another gentleman who had a who, who has a little little bit of hype going behind him. Um, Gregor Gillespie and Vince Pichel. Um My main takeaway from this fight was just Gillespie's pretty unrelenting grappling like he was constantly in Pichelle's face like for like the two seconds Pichelle would try to make it somewhat of a striking match Gillespie was like nah we're not doing that and just relentlessly took him down past guard just really really active on the ground and then that last sequence like once he got mount you just kind of felt it was over. He sunk in the arm triangle choke, and that was all she wrote. And yeah, G- Gillespie's another that division, man. Just is is killers everywhere. Yeah, it's just gonna keep continue to churn out prospects. Um, dude, I saw Gillespie's another dude I've been watching since like he started. Um, freaking like I started hearing about him in like Ring of Combat. And all you hear is like he's just like this beastly wrestler, and it was true. Like, dude, like, like the second the dude hit the um, the cage, you could tell he was just different. Um, just ridiculous athlete, ridiculous drive, um, just so damn strong. Like he's not a proper lightweight. Like by like the standards standards of like five ten years ago, he's a lightweight. But like. 
like the dude's like featherweight size, like build wise. Um, he's still out here just manhandling dudes. Um, I kind of hope they like get him a top fifteen dude soon because like he's thirty one. He he doesn't, and he and he's had some injuries. It's not like he, you know, he's he's just out here, uh, you know, just uh, without any like wear and tear. Um, I think towards ACL or something like something, something crazy like that. Um, dude, like all I re- like this is around the time I fell asleep. <laughs> so all I remember is just getting on top of like uh, of Michelle like a bunch of times and just like having his way with him. Just... I mean that was that was pretty much fighting the nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was just a relentless grapple fest. Like Pichelle just couldn't really breathe. He didn't he never really had a moment to really show what he can do. Like he he might land a shot on the feet here or there, but after you land the shot, you're right back on your back. Right. Like, and you're defending him either trying to pass your guard, or he's beating you up, or whatever he's doing because it's working. So, yeah, Greg, Greg Gillespie's definitely climbing the ladder. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely like to see a step up in competition with him. If you're not gonna give him a top fifteen, give him a give him that like that veteran test. Give him somebody who's Still capable. Um, can't really can't really think of a name like off off the top of my head right now, but Masaranduba, somebody, somebody, anybody. I mean, I think the one thing with lightweight is there 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 aren't a, a shortage of matchups or bodies, so you know. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's it's a tough ass division to get ahead in. Yeah, you look to the left, look to the right. There 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 are people everywhere, so I'm. I'm pretty sure they won't have a problem trying to get him paired with somebody else who can maybe test him, see, see, you know, if somebody else can maybe put him in a bad spot or anything. But so far, he's 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 passing the test with flying colors. So shout out to Greg Gillespie, grappling people to death, getting it done with a submission choke. Um, this next fight, don't have a ton of input. <laughs> Walt Harris and Daniel Spitz. Um, it was a lot of staring. <laughs> Daniel Spitz was doing like, you know, like the Eddie Gordo Caparera stance and tech, and he's kind of swaying side to side. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Spitz did that for pretty much both rounds. A lot of him playing the outside, just kind of swaying side to side. Not a ton of action going on. I mean, at least Walt was trying to, it seemed like, trying to push the action. Like, he was at least throwing shots. Spitz just, I'm not really sure what his game plan was this fight. But um, all I remember is the finish. Spitz got cracked with a left hand straight to the jaw. He he backed up because he, he definitely felt it. And then I think he caught a right hand, fell to the ground, ate some ground and pound. And that was, that was it. That was, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, Harris was really tired for a man who had just thrown like fifteen punches in like ten minutes. <laughs> oh man, heavyweight MMA. I mean, you suffered through it to get to stuff like that, but I don't think that was worth it. Why was this fight yeah. so damn high up on the card? Behind, besides the fact they're heavyweights. 
Yeah, I was thinking that too. I was looking at some of these prelims, and I was like, I'd, there, there are at least two fights on there. Maybe even more. I probably would have. But then I feel like I could say that about most heavyweight fights that don't involve, like, top five guys. Like, <laughs> yeah. It, it is what it is. But nonetheless, Walter Harris got to finish. So, you know, good, good, good on him. He at least ended it in emphatic fashion, which, and that kind of fight, I guess, is the best you can hope for. Uh, speaking of ending fights, Ben Saunders, Jake Ellenberger. This was another fight I was kind of worried, like, why was this on a main card? I don't want to see these two old guys hurt each other. Um, <laughs> but uh, Ben Saunders just being extra long and lanky for no reason. Um, not not a really a ton happened in this fight. Like, Saunders was kind of playing the outside, um, using his range uh, a lot with his kicks. Um, Ellenberg, I think, managed to close the distance. He landed a, a good right hand. And then that right hand led into the clinch, which kind of led to his demise. They clinched for a while, had a little bit back and forth. But uh, Saunders got that tie plum going and caught him with a very just pinpoint knee um, straight to the body. Ellenberger dropped, ate some punches. Yeah, I don't even think he needed the punches. He was done after the knee. Like, he, he just turned away. Like, I think he knew it was over. Um, yeah, that was it. Shouts yeah. to... Ben Saunders <laughs> doing great clinch. Gorgeous knee. Um, remember when Jake Ellenberg was the hardest puncher in the division? <laughs> yeah, he. I think he's he's got to hang it up, man. I mean, he won't. He's 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 on that list of fighters. People like him and like the him and like Lozon or for me on that list of like. Like you, you guys have enough for the sport, man. You've had some really good performances. Like I, I don't want to see y'all out here anymore. It's, 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 it's not, it's, it's not even fun to watch anymore. It's, it's almost like painful. Like I'm, I'm, I'm glad Saunders ended it with a body shot and not him just like kicking his head off or something. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, this fight was like just a, well, in my mind, it was just a fight between two dudes who were just physically broken because like. I'm thinking back to that Joe Band fight for Saunders where, like, ev- everything looked like it was the worst strike to ever land on Ben Saunders. <laughs> like, he, he just doesn't eat damage well anymore. And the, just, like, let Jake Humberger push him against the fence and then just beat the crap out of him there. As in, like, Sanders beats the crap out of him. Saunders beat the crap out of Humberger, like... It just tells me, like, Ellenberger does not need to be licensed anymore. Yeah, we gotta... And, and like, he's been, like, yeah. we've been, like, I've seen people using excuses, like, he's fighting all these top guys, and, like, Ben Saunders hasn't been a top dude in a minute. So, well, no more excuses. Yeah, we... But let's be real, that I... Matt Brown win bought, like, Jake Ellenberger another decade of fighting. Right. <laughs> And it's like, sure, Ellenberger hits hard. Maybe he's one punch away from winning any fight. But, like, is it really worth the punishment that he's got to go through to possibly land that one punch? Like, do we really need to see this anymore? I think he's just mad he never got his title shot. I mean, I get it. I forgot, what happened after he beat Jake Shields? 
Because uh, wasn't, wasn't Shields... Shields was pretty high on the rankings, I feel like, when that... Yeah, I think that was the time when... um, I could be wrong, but... I just want to make one dissent before I say another wrong thing. Like, he beat Shields. Alright, so he beat Shields in 2011... I, if memory serves right, that's the year GSP was just gone, right? I thought GSP was he still around? It might have. I thought GSP was still there because I, I remember. <laughs> I remember people saying Ellenberger was going to be the guy to take down GSP. Yeah. No. Uh. So he fought Jake Shields in April. Uh. April thirtieth. And then he fought Condit November 2012. So that uh, that win was during a time when GSP was no longer there. Okay. All right. That's then he lost to Camp. Uh, then he beat uh, Diego. Then he lost to Campman. Then he got two wins over Nate Marquardt and Jehran. And then he just started this streak of just losing to top guys. Like he lost to Rory Mack. He lost to um, Lawler. Lost to Gastelum. Beat Koscheck. Lost to Wonderboy. Lost to Rick Safadine. Beat Matt Brown. Oh, yeah. my God. That is a name that is forever going to just make me feel some kind of way. <laughs> Where is Tarek Safadine? My, probably in the cast somewhere. <laughs> that, that, what, oh, my God. I, I don't even want, you know what, I'm not going to talk. I don't want to go down that road. I, I expected so much more of him. It's, it's just life. Life isn't fair sometimes. Coming up, pillows and kicking couches and stuff. I don't know. Yeah. But next fight, um, hope I pronounced it right. Is it Julio Arce or Arce? Arce. Arce and Daniel Tamor, um, brother of David Tamor. Uh, yeah, Daniel kind of got um, beat up. <laughs> what I remember in this fight, I don't remember thinking like Daniel's striking seemed so much more like compared to his brother's. Like it looks really wild looking. Like it looks. I don't know, but he um, looks so much better when he fought Danny. Um, was it Danny Henry? He he just looked really a lot of the punch like technique wise a lot of the punches looked really loopy looking like I, I don't know, it was weird. I, I this is another fight I don't remember a ton in detail, um to be honest. But I just remember, you know, Julio was he was, he was kind of piecing him up. Tamor was. Not really. Tamar was landing with that leg kick because he had Julio Ar uh, Arce's leg just all types of purple. But like when it came to the hands, like he was only landing when Arce would like try to get out the way, or when he backed Arce to the uh, the cage and like Arce only had one route to exit. Um, yeah, he did not look like the dude who fought Danny Henry. Like the dude who fought Danny Henry was laying on his feet, um, like he was explosive. Like he was really diverse with the um, with the combinations. Like 
this Danny like this one just like he just kind of showed up. That's what it felt like. Uh, like no type of urgency. Like thought he, I don't know. Thought he was like the shit, and just like just kind of put on a like a mad performance. Yeah. Like, it, it, yeah. like yeah. I, I'm I'm a little more I'm not say forgiving, but like a little higher on his performance than you are. Like I I thought you like. Like I said, he he was doing work with the leg kicks. Maybe Arce's like weird southpaw boxing game just kind of just well, not even weird, but like a southpaw boxing just threw him off. Like a boxing centric uh, fighter, just like kind of just doing for a loop a little bit. Hmm. Um, especially one that can move like Arce. Um, as for Arce, like I kind of worry about him. Um, like I think he's gonna be fine. He's got a, a fantastic like boxing fundamental game going, but like the dudes who are making noise right now at 145 are guys like Mursad Bektik, Brian Ortega, um, who else? Uh, like like guys who had that extra something in the tank. Like guys who can get out there and get finishes if they need to. And Arce got the finish here. Um, I'm not gonna say he lucked into it because he definitely didn't. Like it was a great takedown, the back take uh, deal he did when he caught the kick. But it, it just feels like there's there's not that extra bit of snap into what he does, you know? All right. Yeah, there's nothing. I look at his game and it's like I don't know if there's another level here. Cause like yeah, right. and like there, there are guys who have who don't have that extra bit of snap or, or like pizzazz or what it factor that are doing pretty damn well for themselves. Like, uh, Calvin Qatar, like he is a flashless kickboxer and he's doing pretty damn well for himself. And now Moicano, another dude is, I, I, I want to say as plain as it gets, but like, you know what you're getting with Hanamakao. Like, oh, just really solid, solid fundamentals. And he you know, he's making a name he's making a name for himself. But like the guy the guys who are entitled talks and getting the big fights right now. They, they got that son. Right. And this could just be growing pains because Arce was at Bantamweight for like the longest time before like his second or third fight prior to getting signed with the UFC. So like you know maybe he fills out a little bit and he's out here just tearing dudes up at 28 or whatever. But um, uh, like I'm not trying to take away from like a really good performance because it was uh, well he's 28 now. But like I'm not out here trying to take away from a pretty good perform uh, performance like especially one that stopped was a five fight decision streak that was just god awful. Speaking of which, um, <laughs> this Sam Alvey John Velasquez fight. Yeah, I was gonna say, from the Taymor fight down, this is when, and that's probably why I couldn't give Taymor more props, is because from this fight down is when my memory either fails me because I don't remember, or in the case of this fight, I that we're about to talk about, I just kind of don't want to remember what I watched. Um, yeah, it was, yeah, I'll let you start this one off.
Even know what else to say. Like, uh, it's so wild watching. Um, I can't remember what Volante's last fight. I can't remember. But I just remember it was a fight where he definitely was like moving forward a lot, and it might not have been the best performance ever, but dudes were just like at least throwing. And it's like, how does? How does Sam Alvey, a guy who definitely has, like, knockout power, how does he have fights like these? Like, it's just power. It scares people off. But, like, he, it scares people off. But even on his end, it's like, why aren't you doing more? Like, it just... Because this is all Sam Alvey is capable of. <laughs> like, these, are, these fights are boring by design. Because Sam Alvey Sam Alvey won by split decision. Um, <laughs> I guess that's all you need to know. It, 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 it is what it is. And like you said, Sam Alvey's a top 15 light heavyweight. 205 is doomed. Shogun versus Alvey. Yeah, let's just do that. If Alvey slept Shogun, I think I would shut off my TV and I can't watch the UFC for like another year. Until Sam Alvey completely drops out of the rankings and he's cut. I mean, Sam Alvey's only in his 30s, I think. So he would have at least another five years as a top heavyweight. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, that was the main card. <laughs> um, so let's get on to some of these prelims. And this is where uh, memory will fade uh, from fight to fight. Uh... Shajara Eubank and Lauren Murphy. Um, I don't remember this fight, like, at all. Well, I watched it. I'm mad because... Yeah, I'm, I'm mad because I watched the fight twice. And... Like, I, I remember being impressed with Eubank. Um, I, I just remember this being a pretty, like, back-and-forth stand-up fight. Um, it seemed like towards the, like, end of the third... and End of the second and into the third. that They, they both were... We're pretty tired, um, but like I, I like Eubanks' game. I'm not sure, like exactly what her ceiling is. Like she, she seems pretty solid all around. Um, 
they're kind of like one of those fighters. She doesn't do anything, like, great, but she does everything, like, just well enough that, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, um, yeah, that, yeah, I, I kind of don't remember this fight in, in a ton of detail, but, um, yeah, Banks got a unanimous decision over Lauren Murphy. Wish I could remember more, but I just remember the pretty solid performance. And then, like I said, towards the third, seemed like both of them were they were throwing, but you could tell they were they were definitely pretty gassed out. Um, but you know, solid, solid win uh, from from Eubanks, nonetheless. Um, this next fight, David Taymor and Nick Lentz. Um, a few notable. <laughs> I don't remember this fight all in much detail either, other than. Well, no, actually, no, I remember a little bit. I remember thinking, like, I thought Taymor did a really good job of kind of... I felt like he dictated a lot of this fight in terms of... Nick Nick Lentz was never able to really, like, establish much of anything. Like, you, you could tell that he really wanted to get in close to try to get some takedowns, and he just really <laughs> couldn't get many takedowns. I don't... I think he might have got one. I can't remember, but, like, Taymor just did a good job of keeping the fight where he wanted it. Clearly, in the stand-up, we knew who was going to win that. So, <laughs> you know, Taymor got off a lot of kicks. I think he bloodied Lentz uh, up. Um, Taymor did have a moment, though, where he, he, he got off an eye gauge. <laughs> and uh, I think he had a fence grab. And the um, I don't remember who refereed this fight. But you can't just warn a fighter like 30 times, not dock a point, you know, if you're, you know, like want them to take seriously. Because at that point, it's like, I'm just going to keep grabbing the fence because clearly you're not taking a point. You're just going to give me the stern dad talk. And, you know, what, what's that worth if you're not taking any points away? But, yeah, I just remember Taymor just kind of battered Lentz up because Lentz just wasn't. He wasn't able to close that distance and get his game plan off. Like, Taymor was constantly on the move on the outside. Anytime Lentz went for a takedown, he got shrugged off, or Taymor just found a way out of it. You forgot the part where he grabbed the cage. Yeah, that, yeah. Twice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't get how, like, the rough just gave him the stern dad warnings, and it's like, that's. Just, just take a point away, bro. Like, he. Clearly, the, the message is not... It's Veteran not, savvy. You know, it's not, right. <laughs> so, you know, if, if don't skip the dad talks, man. Just take the point if you're going to take the point. But, you know, Taymor, you know, he, he, he did what he does. Yeah, he had, he had a few questionable moves, but, hey, man, the ref didn't stop him. So, you know, what, what, what can you do? Right. Um, I vaguely remember this fight. I remember a lot of leg kicking and thinking like, Taymor, you can definitely do more. Why aren't you doing more? Um, uh, it's really weird. Like, this dude co-main events at pay-per-view. If I'm remembering right. Was it a Fox card? It was a Fox card. Let me see. Good enough. Uh, it was a pay-per-view. It was 209. 
Uh, oh wait, no, no, oh, yeah, yeah, Woodley Thompson too. Wow. Yeah, um, he fought Lando Venata. But here he is, like shoved away on the prelim. For Harris and Spitz and Ben Saunders and Alan Berger. Uh, but I, I guess it worked out in their favor because this fight was not fun, especially because there were two prior to it where you just, just kind of left you being like, you guys could have done more. Um, but Tamor did a great job just like never letting Glenn get into position to do anything like serious. Did a great job of, you know, raking his eye, uh, raking freaking Lentz's eyes so that he could get away from the takedown at one point. Um, did a great job of uh, just never staying in one spot. Um, he, he has a little bit that Alexander Gustafson, I'm going to run away, thing going for him. Uh, <laughs> like, turn, like, literally turn my back and just, like, run out. Might want to work on getting that smoothed out because this isn't 205. Dudes will come for your head if you're uh, if you're just turning around and running away. Shouts to Eve Edwards. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm done. Uh, I don't care about this fight. Uh, I don't care. Uh, I'm done. <laughs> I'm I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> we we are. <laughs> Yeah, so just so you guys know, we normally record on Sundays. I'm, like Sunday I mean, morning. that's not an excuse because I'm tired then too, but it is a different yeah. tired. Yeah, we're recording uh, Saturday night. Uh, it's 11.20 p.m. <laughs> so, um, you know, this is what we do for you guys. Um, we'll, we'll try to get out of here, though. Fully Cooley comes on in about 40 minutes, so I want to watch that. So we, we'll, we'll power through this. But, um, yeah, that was David Taymor and Nick Lentz. Uh, next fight, Bilal Muhammad and Chance uh, Ren Counter. If I'm saying that Chance right. Chance Encounter. Um, Chance was a late replacement, correct? Chance Black okay. Eagle Ren Counter. That was an interesting nickname. I Didn't pan out too well in this fight, though. Did, did he throw a punch in this fight? I mean, he threw. There was some... I remember <laughs> my takeaway from this fight. Um, yeah, I mean, it was pretty one-sided. Uh, as evidenced by the scorecards, 30-27, 30-27, 30-27 in favor of Muhammad. Um, I mean, Chance got off some strikes, but it seemed like a lot of the time, like, when he would throw really hard, Bilal did a good job of just either slipping the punch or ducking under it or countering so, like, Chance never really had, like, a definitive moment, <laughs> like, in this entire fight. Like, he ate a lot of shots. The, the few times Bilal went for takedowns, it seemed like he was getting him down with ease. It was almost like he was doing it just to show that he could. Um, I don't think he did a, a ton with the takedowns, but he didn't have to work too hard for him. Like, he would just clasp his hands behind him and just, that was that was it. Like, he would just take him down. Um. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it wasn't the most entertaining fight. He, you know, he got off, you know, some strikes on the feet. I want to say he he 
think he bloodied up his eye. I can't remember. He he, he he caught a chance with a lot of good shots, though. Chance returned fire a few times, but wasn't really able to land much of substance because Bilal was, like I said, he was either slipping a punch, ducking under it, or maybe if he got caught, he would counter. But, yeah, Bilal pretty, had a pretty one-sided 30-27 across the board uh, decision uh, over Chance. And uh, I mean, shout-outs to Bilal. It's kind of crazy, you know, for uh, Ramadan was going on and he like he didn't get to hydrate until was it right before the fight i think can't remember I, i'd heard it. i can't remember though but e either way like solid performance from Bilal. not not anything too crazy but he, he got a pretty one-sided win oh you there yeah. Oh, I just blacked out for a second. <laughs> oh my god, this this card is draining all of the energy for me. <laughs> and, oh my god, I don't even remember. What, what, what we talk, we talking about? Muhammad versus Chance Encounter? <laughs> yeah. God damn it! Like the most entertaining thing about this fight was Chance Encounter's freaking name. <laughs> uh, like it was even like. If this had been a, in the middle of a more entertaining like undercard, like I probably wouldn't be like bringing it up, like bringing up how just like meh it was, but like it wasn't. It was in the middle of a meh undercard, and those are terrible. Like rank, I, I, you said rank counter threw some shots. I, I don't remember any offense. Like I remember him backed up against the cage, standing tall as hell, like. Trying to, to do the like, uh, the high guard, one knee in the air defense, because Blackman was just walking him down and just like tagging him with these double jabs and stuff, and thinking, wow, <clears throat> below Muhammad really tried, he probably could get this guy out here really quick. Yeah, I was kind of hoping he would, because Chance didn't seem like he had really much to. It was pretty evident after about a round and a half. It's like, all right, he, I don't think this guy really has much to offer you. Like, he, you can get right. out of here. But, but that's not what happened. Yeah. Instead, Muhammad's like, I got to get these, uh, I, I got all this drawing had to be for something. Yeah. So, yeah, not, not, not much of a substance to really dig in with that fight. Um, other than Bilal just got a pretty one-sided. I want to say it's Bilal's fourth win in a row. I think so. Yeah, so he's he's probably due for a, a step up in comp. See if he can break into that next level. Right. Um. And I mean, dude's pr pretty well rounded. I I would hope I I just would want to see from him more like of him just getting guys out of there. Like like I said, in this fight, I felt like he could have, but he kind of coasted to a pretty one sided decision. But I would like to see him just you know. If you can get a guy out of there, just 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 send him on his way. We don't, we don't need to drag this out for three rounds. But um, that was that fight. Shout out to Bilal Muhammad. Um, last fight, at least on this Fox Sports One's prelims. Uh, Des Desmond Green, Gleason Tibau. Um, I didn't think I would see Desmond Green just outbox <laughs> Gleason Tibau for three rounds, but that's what we got. Um. Desmond Green's boxing isn't like the prettiest thing to watch, but I, I guess my main takeaway from this fight, which I was happy 
at least somewhat happy to see because I felt like our criticisms of him has just been like he's he's a talented fighter. He, he has things working for him. He just doesn't tend to have a lot of output. Yeah, I felt like at least with this fight, like while it wasn't the best, it wasn't the prettiest thing to watch, like he was at least being a bit more active. He was going for it. He even had moments where he was throwing flurries. He dropped Tibau in a third. I felt like if he would have put his foot on the gas, he probably could have got him out of there. That's but... asking a lot. <laughs> he caught but he he caught Tibau pretty good on the chin and dropped him. I I think he could have got him out of there. But you know, I, I was just happy to see that at least he was a bit more active. Um, and he outboxed Gleason Tibau, who pretty much invented fighting. Um, you know. Tibau's been alive for a good, like, three centuries. But Des Green got a unanimous decision. Um, I don't know if you have anything else to add to <laughs> to that fight. But, yeah, Tibau got out of here. Last two. Oh, this fight. This fight, Nathaniel Wood and Johnny Eduardo. Um, this fight made me think of um. Of course, the J.R. Smith memes are in like full bloom right now, and that iconic picture now of LeBron like yelling at him. What <laughs> the one meme I kept seeing was um. It was a meme I saw that somebody did, and it was LeBron doing the yelling, and it was like when a fighter is doing good in the stand-up and then they go for a takedown. And that's kind of what this fight made me think of. Because they were, this most of this match was a stand-up. I mean, they were both tagging each other, but Eduardo definitely had the better moments. He, um... I think he, he rocked... I'm pretty sure he rocked Wood at one point. Hit him with some nice body shots. He had him up against the fence. He bloodied his face up. I mean, don't get me wrong, like, Wood was definitely firing back. He was landing some pretty good shots of his own. But it seemed like Eduardo was pretty comfortable in the stand-up. And then, out of nowhere, Eduardo shoots for a takedown. Doesn't get it. I think, like, he tried to pull half guard. And that ended in him uh, getting Brabo choked. So, uh, Nathaniel Wood... <laughs> Got got a choke out. I just I don't know. I thought that takedown was. I don't think he really needed to go for it, but he he went for it, and he got choked out for his troubles. And Nathaniel Wood got it out a pretty impressive win. Um, so yeah, that was that was that fight. Still alive over there. Hello. Uh. -oh. I think my co-host died. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dojo Talk Podcast. You probably just heard some fancy edit that I did. <laughs> we had a death in the middle of that episode. <laughs> I just like to point out this is about the time I'd be asleep. <laughs> so we we're gonna power through this last fight. 
and then get to questions, and then we'll we'll, we'll get out of here. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, <laughs> last fight we'll mention Jose Shorty Torres, as we said at the top of the show. Shorty. Yeah, made his debut against Jared Brooks. Um, <laughs> this was a very wild fight. Um, I mean, Brooks looked really good for majority of this fight. Um, until he did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this was a fight where he was winning until he was losing. Um, he he was doing a good job of getting in and uh, in and out. He was he was catching Shorty with some pretty good shots. Um, one of Shorty's flaws, and he even mentioned this during the interview, is that he doesn't, as, as much as he moves forward, he doesn't really use a ton of head movement. He, he's kind of willing to take one to give one, and he, he took a lot <laughs> in, in this fight. I, I think he got dropped in the first, I want to say. Yeah, um, he got caught with a spinning back fist. Yeah, yeah. He, he, caught, he caught some good ones in the first. He, he, he ate his licks, but... um. Oof. It did seem like in the second, he was still getting tagged a little bit, but to me it seemed like he was kind of, he was finding his footing a bit more, like he was starting to heat up, as he, he typically does if you've watched any of his, his other fights prior to him joining the UFC, he just, he, he's kind of one of those dudes, um, but yeah man, Short, Shorty won his debut in one of the craziest ways you could win a debut, um, Jared Brooks tried to get real fancy, uh, do one of those little wrestling finishing move slams, and um, in the course of him doing this slam, he knocked himself out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he dropped. He dropped a little bit hard to the canvas, bounced his own head uh, against the ground, and uh, Shorty Torres took advantage of a split second, split second situation, um, while Jared Brooks was dazed from knocking him home, knocking him home, knocking himself out. Shorty pounced on him and got him out of there. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Torres, like, in that post fight being, talking about, like, yeah, we know that he likes to go for slams, like, big, powerful slams. So the idea was to go, like, go grab him in the waist, get parallel. Um, so when he would go, try and go back, it would just throw him off balance. And, like, I don't think they thought that he was going to land on his own head. But <laughs> the man landed on his own head trying to go backwards with it. Like, there's no way he didn't feel that Torres was just like climbing down his back. Like I, I don't get why he tried to do that. Yeah. It, but it, like he didn't even try to tuck his head or nothing. Like he was just like, if I fall back on my head on Torres's body, I, I, it won't hurt as much. I guess. I don't know. I think he was thinking in his mind this slam would just look really cool. Like I, I think he was just trying to do too much. Yeah. Like and um. Shouts to him tweeting out. <laughs> um, you, you're lucky if I back myself out. Which at that point, like anything you have to say, it's yeah. just like move. Yeah, null and void after that. Like, Dude, you, you gotta laugh that shit off. Like, I'm sorry. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, can we do it again? There's like going going out there and saying nine out of ten times. I win this fight, and that one time is just I'm knocking myself out. This right. is like every, you you have a ten percent chance of knocking yourself out every time you fight. Like, come on. Yeah, that that was one of the more bizarre endings you'll ever see to a fight. But who's the last dude to knock himself out? 
Was it Gray Maynard? <laughs> I can't remember. I can't. And, and how many people have knocked themselves off from slams? I know it's happened before. Has it? Gray. Are you just dang that his fucking head? Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that's a bad way to go out. That is. Yeah. Because, like, you, you have to have no idea that's about to happen for you to go out. Right. But it's, it's, like, your, it's like your whole body weight. And it's like, what do you even, like, when you go back to, to the corner, like, what does your coach even tell you? Like, he just straight up is like, you do, you do yourself in your own head. <laughs> Boy, that is, that is not something you want to go back when you're looking at film. That is. Hey, hey, couldn't be me. That's 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 a rough one. But hey, man, imagine wrestling your whole life. You're like <laughs> five years old, and then just knocking yourself out in an MMA fight like that. And it's like, oh man, your family members, like people, were probably so hype. You were doing so good during the fight, and like you were just your own worst enemy. And yeah. That's bad, but you know, congrats to to, to Shorty Torres, man. I'm I'm really, really, really glad he he got his debut. No, no matter how crazy it, it was, <laughs> you know, he you know a win is a win. He took advantage of the situation, and hey, man, awareness, awareness is a real thing. So, congrats to him. Looking forward to see him again. Uh, hopefully, he doesn't get himself put in that kind of situation in his next fight. Um, but hey, man, yeah, congr- congrats to Shorty Torres, awesome win. So that's uh, UFC Fight Night 131. Um, before both of us die, <laughs> we'll get some of these questions off, then we'll do parting shots, and then we will get on out of here. Uh, so we'll rapid fire these real quick. Um, we got four questions. Uh, first coming from Stokes. Well, I, I think we got four. I have a refresh because my computer's moving really slow. But, um, uh, Stokes X is Yay Kanye's worst album. Um, I guess I have to ask first, did you listen to it? No. Alrighty. Alright, so I will take this question on because I did listen to it. Um, I can't say it's his worst, but if it's not his worst, it's only like one step above what the worst would be. So I, I'm not sure what that, <laughs> I'm not sure what that really says. Um, and the only reason I'm not going to say is it's worse is because I remember how I felt after I listened to Jesus and I was literally mad and I wasn't mad after I listened to this. I was just really indifferent. Like it was a really somber album out of the seven tracks. Like two of them were okay. Like I, I liked the track he did with Kid Cudi. I think it was Ghost Town and Yikes was cool. That's the one he did with oh, uh, no, the uh, the Ghost Town one or whatever is the one he did with Over Seven No Shake or whatever. Is that what it was? Well, Kid yeah. Cudi was on there. Yeah, I heard of the Over Seven No. Well, either way, like Ghost Town was cool. Yikes was was okay. Everything else on that album for me was just kind of like yeah, like I, not like I said, I didn't really feel strongly one way or another. But like I'm probably not gonna ever go back and listen to it again. So. Right. Take that for um, I, I like brought her up because she's from like around here. Like 
pretty close by actually. Yeah, I've heard she's she's gotten some a lot of attention since. I mean, and Ye's only been out for like a day or two, so. Well, she was like her come up was like she's friends with what's this girl's name? Yes, Jules, who's like a Snapchat slash radio slash Instagram personality. With like a huge following, who like just like who just heard her music and wanted to be her manager. So, like I I don't even know if, like if this oh this O seven O chick is like um a rapper or a singer. Like she's not a good singer. I don't I don't remember enough of the details of the album to even tell you. I just know I like the Ghost Town track enough to make me curious to hear what a Kanye and Cudi album would sound like. Um, but yeah, the rest of that album was just kind of, yeah, it it was it was kind of one ear and out the other. Yeah, I, I might what, review that, but I, I don't know. This um, what happens when you go to Wyoming to record an album. That album sounded like it was recorded in Wyoming. I'll, <laughs> I'll say that much. It sounded like it was recorded in Wyoming. Mm-hmm. But to answer the question, I don't think it's the worst. Jesus for me is still his worst album because I I was literally mad after I listened to that, and I at least wasn't mad when I listened to this. So I was just kind of like, yeah. But, um, so yeah, shout out to Stokes, um, appreciate the question, and, uh, next three questions all come from Joey from Sports Sound Off, uh, so the first question is, what's worse, Bellator's tape delay policy, or the international events, uh, uh, uh hold on, let me read this again, Bellator's tape policy for international events, or the UFC's pacing, um, <laughs> It's not even a question. <laughs> I'm just judging by what just happened. Yeah. <laughs> I think the UFC's pacing probably uh, probably takes this pretty handedly. Um, I mean, backstory for all of y'all. I work nine to five every Saturday, so as soon as I get out of work, I drive myself home. Let this little punk out, this little dog over here. Um, like, I try to, you know, shovel whatever we have in the kitchen down my guzzle before I sit down and watch whatever the UFC is shitting out that night. Um, so, like, I am really tired. Yeah, I think we both vote for UFC's pacing. But Bellator in 2018 has no excuse to be doing tape delays. Um, you guys don't get a pass for that. It's it's terrible. Right. But uh, yeah. But they, if I'm they're picking, both awful. Yeah, they're both awful. But if I'm picking the 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 real evil, it's it's the pacing. It's out of control. We the six fights. It it, it has to stop. What but, other sport demands so much of <laughs> your time? Really, like, hey. We're going to take seven hours of one of the two days <laughs> that a normal person has off during the week, and that's going to be when you're going to sit there and fucking watch our entire card, you piece of shit. Yeah. We do it, though. Because we'll, this is a drug. <laughs> they get us every time. For years and for years on end, they've been, they've been pulling this stunt. But, yeah, UFC's pacing is definitely worse. Um... Joey's next question. Uh, What's your probably, favorite Adrian Broner moment? <laughs> see, this is hard for me because I I've seen Adrian Broner fights and I know he's 
just a clown in general. But I don't pay him much attention, like, when he's not fighting. Like, I don't really watch his interviews. I don't even really watch his post-fights, except for that one, uh, the last one he had. So I can't really answer this question. So I'm going to say my favorite moments of him are just if he loses. Yeah, mine's just the Madonna <laughs> fight. Mine's just the Madonna fight where, like, like, Madonna has him in the corner with his back turned, and Madonna just fucking humps him. <laughs> just because. <laughs> Yeah, Br- Broner's, he, he's a, that, that guy's a. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I just forgot. Um, my, what, uh, another classic Broner moment was him threatening to murder uh, Javante Davis <laughs> by a like, Twitter DM. And then a year later, they have a fight on the same card. And the whole damn card is promoted as they work together. Oh, boy. <laughs> Yeah, Broner's Bron is a character. Um, uh, sticking with with the boxing theme, uh, Joey's last question: If you had to sign with one boxing promoter, who would you sign? This is really hard for me because when I saw this question, I, I was actually trying to research this earlier, and I could not come up with an answer. Like, uh this this is this is hard. Um, I don't think there are a lot of good choices. Yeah. yeah. Cause I I can't sign with De La Hoya because I don't I I I can't explain why but I don't like De La Hoya like at all and but I if, don't know why I don't. If you were Mexican, it would make sense because you know that's where De La Hoya's rub is, like that that's that's the sweet spot for him. But like we're not, so you can't like I don't even know if he'd want us. Yeah, I don't I don't think we're making it that far. Um. It's like it, outside of De La Hoya, you got you got Aram and you got Aram, you got Schaefer, you got uh, Eddie Hearn, you got uh, what's the dude's name? The other uh, Frank Warren, Joe Warren, something like that. The other UK dude, um, you got fuck K two, Kathy Duva, who I wouldn't sign with it at all ever because fuck them. Because who they let Sergey Kovalev have a just take a fight that where he only got paid the pay per view because they thought it would be like a big deal, <laughs> and, and then the pay per view ended up doing like hundred fifty thousand dollars and he lost and he was mm-hmm. out. Yeah, <laughs> so he basically made like nothing. <laughs> you know what? Just because there's a part of me that just enjoys chaos and things that I know probably won't work out. I'm just going to sign the zoo for boxing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going, I'm going to zoo for, I'm going, I'm going with Dana. At least you'll be protected. Yeah. You know, because nobody will want to fight you. (laughs) I'm going with Dana and zoo for boxing. Cause the, the first show is just bound to be for better or worse. Just, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a spectacle, and I'll I'll be able to say I was a part of that for better or worse. Hopefully, I can get some kind of payday, at least for that one time. If we can con enough people for that one time, you know, it'll it'll be worth it. Right, it'll be worth it. So I'm I'm, I'm going to do for boxing. Like, I don't even know who the hell I would sign with. Like, like I like I don't even know. I, I who am I? Like, uh, like I said, Delahoya. 
dude's best when he's promoting like Mexican talent in the U.S. Um, who else? Uh, like it before Adrian the Adrian Broner like contract negotiation. I probably said like Eddie Hearn because he got all this money, but like do do it once like a twenty to thirty percent like promoter fee. Like, are you kidding me? On a two million, is it like a two million dollar contract? Like, Broner makes that money on like Showtime, like purse sponsorships, like appearances and stuff like that. He makes that money. Like, he doesn't need Eddie Hearn like for like that small amount of money. So like, I'm just sitting here thinking like, what what is my, what is my benefit like? You're you're taking like a quarter of my money before we even like get to the ring. All right. So like, like how do sponsorships work? How how does like the split with the the zone work? Like it, it's just like too murky for me. Like it, that really soured my thoughts on their deal. Um. Fucking, I I guess I. If, oh my god, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I signed with like a Heyman promoter. A line promoter because he, he fuck it like he might be only getting these dudes like two fights a year but they're getting paid like at the end of the day that's all we need yeah like <laughs> Aram like he has an ESPN deal but like I, I don't know how much like personally I don't know how much they're paid like their top rank is getting paid by ESPN it's definitely not the uh, 300 million dollars that the UFC is getting um and like I, I'm not even sure, well, like you'd get, you'd you'd probably get a TV sh- fight with uh, Aram. Like you'd get on ESPN, you'd get like a, a few eyeballs on you. But like I don't know what the payday would be like. Um, who else? Like Schaefer is trying to rebuild himself up uh, from like the ground up. So like. Yeah, maybe wait on that one. Like you got the David Hay promoter who's out here signing with Michael from the page. Uh, yeah, no, I, I guess I'd have to go with like an Al Heyman promoter. I, like I, I can't, I, I don't know any of these cats. Oh, we could just start our own promotion. I mean, there's always that. <laughs> but, but I'll go fight for what's her face. I'll go fight for um. Oh my god, I'm going to kill myself when I, I remember her name. Uh, what was her name? Christy Martin. I go fight for Christy Martin, North Carolina, or something. There we go. So, zoo for boxing, Christy Martin. <laughs> One of us will be much more legit than the other. It's a skeevy, skeevy business, this boxing world. <laughs> but, uh,. Thank you guys for the questions. Appreciate it. Um, so I guess we will end with parting shots and shout outs. Uh, I don't have any shots. Nobody got me angry. So at least if they did, I don't remember. Um, I will give a shout out. Uh, this this is also a card that happened. Uh, I want to say around the same time Bellator did, I think. Uh, LFA 40, which was headlined by Kevin Aguilar and uh, Thon Lee. Um, Ended in very violent fashion. Aguilar uh, put Lee to sleep. Um, I can't remember the number, but I want to say he's defended his LFA belt a couple of times now. Um, Getting some pretty decent competition. So, 
you know, I think Aguilar could, you know, they could give him that call, see if see what he can do if he comes to the UFC. Maybe he's a, a late replacement for somebody or, you know, has to fill in. But shouts to Aguilar though. That was, it was a really brutal finish, um, and I think that was like LFA's 400th show or something like that. So he gave them a pretty good uh, highlight reel for the 400th show. And uh, last shout out, uh, shout out to, to Michael Bisbing. Um, as a fan of his, I'm glad he hung it up. I ain't want to. Uh, I know there were rumors of the Machida fight swirling around. I, I didn't want to see that. Uh, <laughs> that. That fight had potential to, to end in a not so good way for him. I think. Um, nah, man. He, he's always. I, I felt like I've spent a lot of my UFC fandom just having to defend him. I, I think I'm in like that two percent, two percentile. Uh, population of people that actually like him. <laughs> so, um, but nah, man, he, he's been one of my favorite fighters for a long time. Um, win or lose, man, dude goes in there. He, he's always, he, he's one of the toughest dudes I've ever seen fight. Um, and it was crazy because I, I think I've mentioned this before. Like, when he lost the Chael fight, that was the moment where I was like, man, I don't know if, like, he's ever going to win a title now. Like, as a fan, that fight like sucked the air out of me. I was like, I just, I don't know if he's ever gonna make it. And he managed to, you know, kept himself relevant. Eventually, got on the street. He won the fights he needed to. Seeing him knock out Luke Rockhold is a memory that I will never forget. Um, I, I know people feel how they feel about his title run and his reign, whatever. I don't really care. <laughs> he got the belt. That's all that mattered to me. Everything else after was a bonus. Um, but yeah, man. Shout out, shout out to Michael Bisbing. Um, one of the, the dudes from the Ultimate Fighter days, man, who stayed around for a long time, kept himself relevant for a long time in the sport, finally made it his, his way to the top after you know being denied so many times. Um, so yeah, man, it's, it's, it's been awesome watching him fight over the years. I hope he gets that eye fix because I heard is that was one of the factors of why he wanted to retire because his, his good eye was starting to go bad and that's that's never good. So, um, yeah, he he said something like um, I can't remember he he said it on his podcast. I can't remember what the exact story was, but he was like out at a club or something. And he noticed like his his good eye was starting to do some some weird stuff. So he figured like it's just it's not worth my health to keep coming back out and fighting when like I literally just might lose my eyesight. So and I'm I'm glad he did that. Cause as somebody who's been wearing glasses my whole life, <laughs> I know the eye struggle. You definitely don't want to lose. You definitely don't want to lose those, man. You gotta, right. you gotta you gotta have some vision. <laughs> life is not fun if you if you if you can't see anything. Um. So yeah, shout out to Michael Bisbing. Hats off, man. Always all-time favorite fighter of mine, uh, so big, big shout-outs to him. Just glad to see he he made it to the top before he, you know, finally decided to hang it up. All right, um, so I'm gonna start off with a shot. Just fuck him. Uh, <laughs> Andrea KGB Lee and her, uh. yeah, and, and her neo-Nazi fucking cop murder bastard boyfriend so Andrea was posting about like watching the fights I guess last night and 
Well, not even. Uh, she took a picture with like her husband, and uh, her husband has a pretty damn clear, like, what was it? What was it? Was it the Nazi SS? Like the little. No, that was. Yeah, it was on like his right, like his. Uh, forearm. Yeah, like forearm. Yeah. Uh huh. So like people start doing a little bit of research about the dude, and like it turns out like. He's a former cop who went to jail for, you know, murdering people for, like, five years. Um, and, you know, uh, like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm open-minded. It may be, like, what, like, maybe he's repented, maybe whatever. No, he's still a douchebag. Uh, if you go on his, like, Facebook feed, like, it's it's a whole bunch of just like racist shit, um, but Andrea Lee, and I'm not sure if she's just not very smart, or if like she thinks we're not very smart. Her response was to get upset that people were upset, and like because somebody called her out on it. And then she claimed it was a prison tattoo that he wore sleeves over so that nobody would see it. And I don't know how that makes it better. Right. <laughs> what is pretty damn obviously not a prison tattoo. Like, remember the dude who had, like, I have a small penis tattooed across his, like, stomach? <laughs> that was an obvious prison tattoo. That was obviously done with, like, a heated up pen or whatever. Like, a heated up pen tip or something. This was professional. This was part of a whole, like, sleeve and everything. Um, so, no. So, you know, fuck them both. Yeah, that that one. I don't like KGBZ. It was like, uh, like, why? Why do, why do you have to do this? Like, this. It's maybe even worse than like when you read the comments and people try to defend it and come up with eighty thousand excuses and it's like, bro, just stop, just stop. Right. Like, um, call a spade a spade, man. Right. But I, you know who I will give a shout out to? The good people at the WNBA, because I've been enjoying the shit out of WNBA League Pass, and I've been enjoying the season so far. Um. Yeah, you know, uh, shout out to Tina, Char- uh, Tina Charles and like the New York Liberty who won today. Went advanced to two and two. You you need to stop. They can hear you breathing. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, she she uh, uh great. It's been it's been fun. It's been like a first fun couple weeks of the season. And if you're like looking for a basketball fix, now uh, uh, the first game of the playoffs is over at this point. Like by the time you out here, it's probably the second game to be over too. Or I don't know. I don't even know when the hell this is. It's it's Monday, right? Or is it tomorrow? No, we're, we're, yeah, we're, we're Sunday now, technically. Oh no no no! I meant the game. Oh. Game, um. Game two. Game two. So, yeah, the game two is so Sunday night. Oh, it's later today. Um. So, like, you know, 
if you're looking for a basketball fix, WNBA has got you covered. Go get League Pass. It's only like seventeen. It's $17. And the only game you don't get is like the local team because they're probably playing on TV. And like the games that are televised on ESPN too. So, yeah, good times. I think they're supposed to start streaming games on Twitter this year too. I thought I heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there have been a couple. I don't know like the Twitter uh, streaming schedule though. Those were had a card streamed on Twitter. They would have a card streamed on Twitter. Yeah. Probably they don't stream those NASCAR, <laughs> whatever those cards are. And expose their like their completely crap conditions. Yeah, Twitter would have a nice field. They'd be, you know. What? Why doesn't Bellator just go full freak show and have like a card in Montana jumping like motorcycles over the ring? We still got time left in the year. They'll they'll they'll, they'll figure something out. I mean, if if I had Viacom money, like that's something like they should have done on Spike, Moto Cross and. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! <laughs> Why? Was, <laughs> this is completely off topic. Why was Eric Prindle <laughs> at the bare knuckle fight? Why did he have a fight? Um, man needs to eat. Jesus Christ. Where's Eric Prindle from? Is he from Wyoming? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. You think the, like, Stokes texted us this earlier, but it actually has me genuinely, genuinely curious. Do you think the bare knuckle people, like, reached out to Kanye or were like, you want to come watch some people fight? Like, <laughs> somebody had to. Because it's such a known fact that he was in Wyoming. Somebody had to extend the invite. Like, there's a whole bunch of people there now just, like, waiting for their flights back. Right. I, I would have been, like, just outside the listening party just, like, handing out invitations and shit. Because <laughs> th- these are all people with, like, thousands and thousands of Instagram and Twitter followers. Like, you, you, may, you, you get a little bit of a spotlight. Yeah. Boy, bare knuckle. MMA is taking us some crazy places. Uh, I think Eric Prindle was there. I, I saw Eric Prindle's name today. If he wasn't on the bare knuckle, he fought at some card today. He, he was, hey. I know he was still around. Hey, he fought in, like, prison. Like, you, you know, <laughs> you know. Eric Prindle looks like the type of dude who would go Joey Beltran was out there bare knuckling it. Joey, you see, Joey Beltran in his prime would have been a fantastic bare knuckle boxer. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, no. Are you, are you done? I do have a shot, actually. Unless you have any more shout-outs. Shots at the Sandman. I don't want no dreams, man. Just let me live. Out <laughs> of throw a shot at the Philadelphia 76ers owner, uh, Brian Colangelo. Um, we got to chill out with these burner accounts, man. These uh. No, we need to take it further. <laughs> <laughs> like, how... <laughs> How are people still getting caught up in these in 2018, man? Y'all didn't learn from KD when he, when he got caught with the burner Twitter account? Well, nothing happened to KD except people made fun of him, but people were already doing that. Yeah. So what's the point? But, like, Colangelo, man, like, come on. Like, and I mean, the details are still kind of murky, but, like, allegedly, like, his wife is in on it. He just probably like, used his wife's email. <laughs> He's like... 
using the burner account to like this his own players. It's like, come on. He he uh medical exam results. <laughs> like I don't get it, man. Like there's I don't know, man. That stuff like that I just I don't understand. Like bro, you're a multimillionaire and you're you're starting to like burn your Twitter accounts. To argue with people because they made fun of your tie. Right. <laughs> like, like, come on. Like, uh, some, some, I don't know. Why do you need five of them? Right. <laughs> like, you didn't even just have one. You had multiple burner accounts. Just, just get you a 76ers troll at 76ers uh, troll or whatever. <laughs> and you can tweet at Philadelphia Journals all you want. That 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 story was. Sports is weird. There, there's some weird people. Just uh, I don't know. Lots of insecure. All over the place. Just all over the place. Like you guys just gotta. Y'all gotta stay off of Twitter, man. Like some of y'all just. It's, it's not for you. Like I, I get it. It's the thing now. Everybody has to have a brand, quote unquote, and you gotta put yourself out there. But for some of y'all, you you don't need it, man. Just just stay away. It's not, it's not for you. That's a Joe Embiid who was just making jokes about it and liking all the freaking, uh, <laughs> all the burner account tweets about him. <laughs> he, he, he seems like he's a guy. He'll, he'll take it all in stride. I feel like he can dish it, too. He, he can take it and he can dish it. So, But, yeah, man. Bur- burner accounts in 2018, man. We, 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 gotta, we, gotta, we gotta cut that out. That's, that's gotta go. But, um... Yeah, man, that's that's pretty much been uh episode for today. Um, yeah, it's been a been a long one, been a, been an interesting one. But um, is there a card next week? Or this week? Uh, this is the 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 UFC two twenty five. Oh, this is me putting the bat signal up in the air. Uh, Stokes and Joey next week. Oh yeah, good pay per view, pay per view season. Yeah, It'll be a big one. Is... Actually, I think I'm going to a fight party for this. All right. Oh, oh I should probably t- oh, save it for after we're done. But, yeah. So you, you guys, uh, if you're listening, you should be listening. Be 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 ready. Be ready next week. But um, yeah, man. It's been another episode of the Dodo Talk podcast. As always, you can catch us on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. If you're on iTunes, please rate, subscribe, and leave a review. Also, you can listen to us on Google Play. Hit us up on Facebook at the Dojo Talk Facebook page. And you can hit me up on Twitter at Serial Sensei. That is all for tonight. Thank you guys for listening. And until next time, we'll catch you guys later.